Hey everybody, and welcome to Kansas Matters. My name is Dan. I'm Sarah Crick. Derek Milligan. Matt Gannon. We have a lot of good stuff to talk to you about today. Uh, we're going to talk about the special election that's coming up soon. We're going to talk about ICE and how it affects Wichita. We're also going to hit on some puppy mill information that just came out uh, fairly recently. And uh, Chris Kobach has had a little disagreement with a judge. But first, some big news happened today, the day that we're recording on Thursday, which is the nuclear option was detonated. What do you guys, I mean, we all kind of saw this coming, right? But what do you guys think about they actually went through and did it? Yeah, the, well, the Democrats had, had pressure from from the left to, to not confirm this person. Um, a lot of people are pretty upset that uh, Obama's nominee didn't get through or even get voted on. Uh, so the left is kind of taking it out on Gorsuch and uh, the Republicans, the only way they saw the only way they were going to be able to get this guy through was uh, to use the nuclear nuclear option to change the amount of votes required from to over to overcome uh, what, the, filibuster. the filibuster the filibuster from sixty to fifty. Yeah, as ever, I am disappointed but not surprised in Republican Congress. And it was only yesterday John McCain was quoted saying, "Anybody who's even considering the nuclear option is a stupid idiot." After 200 years, at least 100 years, of this tradition where the Senate has functioned pretty well, they think it would be a good idea to blow it up. There's some that say idiot. That, yeah. No, whoever says that is a stupid idiot. <laughs> he came out very strongly against it, and of course, all 52 Republicans in Congress voted to invoke the nuclear option. And which three is, Democrats, I guess? Was it 55-40? No, that was to continue to proceed to vote on Gorsuch. The, oh. They voted 52 to 48 to actually to change the rules, which okay. is what gets rid of the filibuster option. And I, I got to say, I personally think that this was the right thing to do. If you don't, if you're too afraid to do a filibuster because you know it'll be taken away from you, you don't actually have the capability of filibustering in the first place. So I actually have a couple of thoughts on that. Um, and not to say that I necessarily disagree. It's just I've been thinking about it a lot today. So the the nuclear option that was pulled today was actually just on Supreme Court nominees. This is not on legislative action, which means the filibuster is still a thing when we get into the legislature because Republicans need that because they need to be able to say, oh, well, we couldn't pass this because of rules, not because we didn't want to fight with, with our own party. So the Republicans need that to stick, to stick around. But the this is just for sp Supreme Court nominees, which means there's a, some risk that I'm afraid of. We're going to start seeing a much more partisan fight right. over these nominees mm -hmm. because you no longer need to approach the other side with anything. Exactly. And but, that and that was, uh, so Bob Dole actually, uh, he wrote an op-ed today, Bob Dole, the guy from Kansas, <laughs> ran for president. Uh, he was in support of changing these rules because in his view, uh, it's unprecedented that um, a party tried to filibuster a Supreme Court nominee. So that's that's how he he views it coming from the from the Republican Party. I didn't hear him complaining too much when they wouldn't even hold hearings on Obama's nominee. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it was basically like a tactical strike compared to a new is whenever the Democrats got rid of the filibuster opportunity for circuit judges, and that was because the Republicans 
voted to filibuster 78 of them, which is more than 50% of the judge filibusters that our nation has seen in its entire history. And I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. The Republican Party, unfortunately, has a long history of pulling just this kind of bullshit. The original um, filibuster judges and like the long-term like active obfuscation was, oh gosh, I think the first like mass incident of it that we saw was actually back during the Clinton administration. The for what what nominee? Uh, I'm trying to remember. It wasn't it wasn't for um, I didn't think it was for judges. What was it? I don't know. Nobody else knows. Guys, where are you? And why don't I know? I don't know. We'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> the already stumped me on that one. Yeah. The um. And the Republicans made it no secret that their entire goal, while Obama was in office, to make Obama be perceived as a failure. They they objected to every single thing he did, even if it would have been good for their voters. You know, it, it, and so they completely, basically, effectively shut down the lower courts by refusing to allow Obama to make any appointments. And so they're claiming that was the original escalation, but... Refusing to hold a hearing on Merrick Garland was much, much worse than anything they did. And Merrick Garland was supposed to be an olive branch. He was, by all accounts, a moderate judge. He was moderate right. Absolutely. Yeah, he would have been a perfectly good uh, person. And Sarah, you brought up a good point earlier. Is this is going to lead to more partisan judges. If you only need 50 votes, then, you know, they're going to put up freaking Bill O'Reilly next. Uh, <laughs> as the next Supreme Court justice. If Trump well, it still sounds like office. he might not have his show very much longer, so maybe he's looking for work. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, it's what they'll do with him is they'll give him the same sort of deal that Ailes, that they gave Ailes and just give him a few million dollars to leave. Um, but actually, that's not correct either because they actually, they think that it was the day after all of that came out, they re-signed his contract. But that's a whole other subject. We won't go there. <laughs> all right, I so have feelings. Guys. I think that we could probably, I mean, this could be a whole topic that we could really dive into all on its own. But... This is just kind of like the thing that happened today, so everybody's kind of thinking about it. There was some, something else we wanted to talk about. Matt, you had looked up some statistics, or you read a, a, a piece or something like that, on puppy mills, correct? Yeah, uh, so uh, actually the Wichita Eagle uh, had an article about this uh, last summer about how Kansas uh, received recognition for being the, the third most uh, inhumane uh, puppy mill state uh, they had 14 of the top 100 worst puppy mills uh, in the entire United States were here in Kansas luckily none of them here in Wichita but um, it, it's so the, the reason this is important uh, this bill that's in the in the in the house right now it, it passed the Senate it stalled in the house uh, is because even though there's 14 of these uh, puppy breeders on this list None of the 950 breeders in the entire state of Kansas have lost a license in the last five years. Uh, one, one facility was charged $6,500 after five consecutive failed inspections provided by the Humane Society. So this is a they, state where you get uh, three strikes and you're out with any sort of nonviolent offense, and yeah. yet you get infinite strikes when it comes to breeding puppies in inhumane conditions. Yeah, and, and th this isn't like, uh, I mean, this is pretty gut-wrenching kind of stuff. The, what, <laughs> like um, large amounts of ammonia buildup, 
large amounts of weight loss whenever you get these puppies out of these situations typically it's not rare for them to gain like 10 pounds but you know yeah these are the puppies that are like you see them on the news or if you follow like those touchy-feely things on facebook like i do you see the 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 rescue stories like this poor dog was limbless and had been maimed by his brothers but some caring person rescued him except honest the unfortunate part about this is it's the humans doing the maiming in this particular instance and it's time that one dog times about 500. so so this is i mean this is a business right in kansas yeah these puppies, these puppy mills are these shops that buy puppies from puppy mills right yes right. yes and you, and you were just saying before that there's no real penalty for them. I mean, there's nothing like, or that you, you guys were saying well, that, right? It, so like, sixty-five hundred dollar fine was the worst that any of them have seen. It looks right. like. So isn't this exactly what Republicans are always talking about when they talk about like the capitalist system will like do good <laughs> and it will weed out all this bad stuff? We don't need regulation. Obviously not. Obviously, none of these people are getting – nothing's getting fixed in this system, right? Well, they're, they're obviously not self-regulating, self and there's only four inspectors across the entire state that handle these 950 breeders. Yeah. Holy crap. Yes. So each one of them takes a corner of the state in 250 breeders maybe. I mean, that's you, – you visit one every single day, and some of them you have to go to apparently five times, and they fail each time. <laughs> okay, and not to get off track, but it sounds like there's more people looking at these puppy mills than there are uh, people looking at our oil rigs, offshore oil <laughs> rigs, which is just a sad thing that neither of them can work. Yeah. The, uh, and people, in this case, you talk about the capitalist system, self-correcting. In this case, can you really vote with your dollar? You know, you want to get yeah. a pet. Uh, they don't say sourced from this puppy mill when you go to PetSmart or right. wherever. And so you can't say, no, I don't want to support them because you're not directly consuming from them. Mm -hmm. You're you're indirectly consuming their product. And so and ho the, hopefully not consuming. I mean. Yeah. yeah. Please yeah. don't eat the puppies. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's just it's a sad situation overall. And it's just, I don't know, it's just, what are you supposed to do? I mean, you get your dogs from. Well, the, uh, there's a couple society. things you do. One, if you're interested in this bill that's stolen the house, you contact your legislator. You tell them to to uh, put it up for debate, something, get it out of committee. Uh, the other thing you do, adopt. Yeah. Just don't don't buy a pet from a shop. So this could be an interesting uh, way to put pressure on Republicans because their favorite thing is to put pressure on Democrats by saying you don't care about the children. Yeah. Why do you like to murder babies? And so we can finally find out if people care more about puppies or babies. Yeah. It's gonna be babies, I think. Let's this is the worst comparison. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, that that's nuts. I mean, that's just crazy. It's Speaking heartbreaking. Of, it's heartbreaking. It really is. It's it's incredibly sad. Um, and it's not like puppy mills are. It's not like they've been this great thing, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's so you know, it's it's been yeah. this way for such a long time, and it's said nothing can be done about it. Um, so you guys, you mentioned putting pressure on Republicans. Speaking of which, we got a fourth congressional district race coming up. Hey, hey! And, and it sounds like we actually have some Excellent early voting uh, in already. Is that sort of? We oh, have yeah. we have information on what parties people were in when they cast their ballots, which okay. is obviously not direct polling data, but you can get a pretty decent approximation. Like I went back and looked at our 2016 fourth district results. And there's a pretty high correlation between uh, the participation by party and the actual results. 
And so, for instance, uh, we lost by about 30 points in 2016. Uh, that was to a popular incumbent, and so that's always that always makes things difficult. But right now, per early polling data, we are within about 2%, if you count only Democrats and only Republicans. Now, there's still over 10% unaffiliated voters, and so there's no real good way to predict which direction those people are going to be voting. But that's very encouraging that we're within striking distance already, and all the more reason for people to get out and freaking vote. We could flip this seat. It's it, it, we have a very real chance of this happening. It, it looks it looks like the the Democrats, the people registered Democrat, have cast over a thousand more ballots than Republicans so far. So and and typically unaffiliated the those the amount of people voting unaffiliated matches it splits up about the same. So. It looks like Democrats are in the lead as far as early early voting and uh, voting by mail. And I would actually argue that this election, we may see more unaffiliated switching Democrat because Trump is so horrifically unpopular. And he was not, like, let's remind everyone, he was not the Kansas selected nominee. We, yeah, they voted, Republicans here voted for Ted Cruz. Yeah. yeah. And so hopefully with his horrific record already in 11 weeks in office, We'll have more of the unaffiliated swing in our direction. A little bit of a backlash. Did you have something to add? No, I thought I thought for a minute about um, which party typically leads in early voting, but it's actually Democrats often lead in, in early voting. That's what I was thinking too. So, I was wondering if that was a trend. That's a nationwide trend. Is that a trend in Kansas as well? I wasn't able to find early voting okay. statistics on our last election. I have but to that, that does make... a little skewed here in this state because the Republicans outnumber the Democrats generally so much. Now, granted, we live in a district uh, where that includes Wichita, which that could not necessarily be the case or the trend for the rest of the state. Right. But so that, I just that's an interesting point. And and another thing that's got me uh, hopeful is national Republican uh, committee groups have put in an extra $100,000 into Ron Estes' campaign, all in the forms of advertisements, where they're going on and on about how James Thompson is personally uh, chopping up babies and, and eating them and all those horrible things that are not uh, a good characterization of James, to are say the least. Are they still going on with that? I mean, I know oh, it's, it's revamped the Planned Parenthood video that everybody knows, well, everybody should at this point know is a fake. Right. So are they still kind of leading on that, leaning on that a little they bit? They are, for as long as their candidates are weaker than our candidates, they will turn to the wedge issue of abortion. Mm -hmm. There are so many single issue voters, especially in a highly religious state like Kansas, that all you got to do is remind them about abortion and to get them out to the polls. And yeah. so I hope people don't fall for it. But the fact that the national committee is coming in and spending an extra 100K on what should be an easy race has got me thinking that their internal data is not showing good either, and they're scared, and so they want to try and come in and tilt the scales a bit. They, have, they know they have to fight dirty, because my understanding is that in Georgia, things are going fairly well for the Democrat, the lead Democratic candidate. They have a different um, system. Mm -hmm. It's like the, what is it, the list? Um, well, it's kind of like runoff. Yeah, that yeah. one. Thank you. Um, and my understanding is that the lead Democrat there is doing fairly well. Um, he's a 30-year-old. Yeah, he's very popular. They've gotten much more national attention than we have. But exactly. I'm hoping we but, can beat them to the upset. But that's actually, that's what I think is going on here, is Republicans have spent so much time focusing on that that we're coming out of nowhere, and they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> we've got <laughs> we've to get in there. Yeah. And I think that's what, I personally think that's what, well, I hope that's where this is coming from.
Well, I think part of that has to do with the fact that this race has not gotten as much national attention as the one in Georgia. I mean, I've seen George Decay tweet out about it. I've, we saw some on Samantha B's show. Um, there was a there was a passing mention of Thompson, and then it you know was into some of the other legislative uh, races. So, could that be part of it? Like this kind of sneak attack, you know, coming up from behind. Who knows? I I, I just hope that we can send a, a strong message and a, a strong uh, refusal to accept Trump's agenda to Washington and. You know, when it comes time for impeachment, uh, here in a couple more weeks, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see have how one more this whole Nunes thing side. shakes out. Yeah. Yeah, well, one of the one of the reasons why the the Georgia one got so much attention is because he he's raised eight point three million dollars. <laughs> so well, well he's, he's raised right, that much money because they've gotten so much attention. Also, it's, well, he's right uh, next to uh, Representative uh, Lewis, who uh, famously refused to go to the inauguration and was personally attacked by Trump. And so they have, like, they have a bone to pick mm-hmm. over there. And that does sound like it's the case then. So, I mean, are you guys feeling pretty good then about this race? I mean, seeing these numbers, you guys, I know we are a little biased here. We are going for one candidate, and I think that we see a little bit more. But, like, personally, I have seen very little of Ron Estes in person. I've seen very little of, like, any statements that he's made about like certain topics or issues outside of, you know, what he's basically just list, you know, the platform, the pub, the party platform basically. And I've seen some signs around town for him, but not nearly as many as I, I'm accustomed to seeing during these elections here in the state. Yep. They're trying to keep him hidden and hoping all the Republicans show up and vote. And now they're wanting to spend way more money in this last weekend because uh, there's blood in the water. Exactly. And I think everybody can see that. And so hopefully we have more Democratic energy than Republican. Yeah. So, so maybe Thompson, by getting his face out there to people who may be unhappy with the party post-Trump, uh, maybe that's going to either you know, cause him to stay home or cause him to go with uh, Thompson? I sure hope so. What about Rockle? Um, well, he's a nice guy. Well, 12 libertarians voted early, so... He's looking pretty. He's got twelve votes. <laughs> He's gonna be the dark horse. Well, let's watch all every single unaffiliated just out of nowhere suddenly coalesce behind one dude in a drockhold. <laughs> I don't think any of us would know what to do with that. Well, I think the other theory is uh, if you are a Republican and you can't bring yourself to vote Democrat, but you're sick of the Republican Party, the natural uh, outlet for that is Libertarian. Is, yeah. yeah. And, and so true. I'm hoping he'll bleed some of the people who are registered Republican. That are who voting are just early. Angry, but can't move off of that those specific topics like abortion. Sure, absolutely. We'll find out Tuesday, though. That's our final. Find day. out Tuesday. Less than a week. Yep. If and you're we... listening to this, we need you to go vote. And actually, I read that. And then, sorry, I don't want to interrupt okay. what you were saying, but uh, I read that if you for this special election, you don't have a particular polling place, you can go to any of the polling places as long as you're registered in this district. Is that correct? For early voting, you can. For early voting. For early voting. But for day of voting, you need to go to your own place. And a lot of those places have changed. Yeah. So people need to look it up first. You, you get, do we know what website is for looking that up? Is just Sedgwick County? Well, if you're in Sedgwick County. Right, sure. Okay, if you're in Sedgwick County, look up your county website to see where your polling place is. Yeah, or, or contact your county election officer okay. and they'll yeah. tell you. Oh. It's it's because it's right before it's during Holy Week. Yeah, absolutely. and so a lot of churches are like, no, you can't vote here. Mm-hmm. We're setting up for for Jesus's not birthday. We have I to can't act call like it there's birthday. still separation of church and state. 
Okay, can, can we? Can I just dub spiral this conversation into something that I saw was ridiculous today? I don't even know if it's real. I just saw it. I thought it was really funny. CNN supposedly posted a news piece today that was about the return of Jesus and the rapture. Oh. And they had placeholder information for what day, what time, day of the week, all this information. Did you guys see this? No, no. I didn't. It could, be, it could be completely fake. I didn't look that into it. I didn't really, I didn't repost it or anything because I didn't do any like research into it. But I saw people posting about it. I read the snippet. It was hilarious. That sounds like it is fake news. It, it does sound like it's fake news. But when I can I, also see them having a What I really liked, the idea that I had in my head, was somebody at CNN who really, really thought that they were going to be raptured, had this thing scheduled every single day, and then they would just stop it from going out. They had a dead man switch. That way, <laughs> if they were raptured, it would go out and they'd get one last piece up before, you know, Jesus came and the Antichrist destroyed everything. I don't know. I, I, what I know of the rapture is basically left behind. <laughs> but anyway, I just thought that was really interesting. Kurt Cameron. Yeah, well, the, the books, not the movies. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> I haven't dealt with either, in full fairness. So, you know what? That actually leads me to another point. So, a name that just feels wrong on the tongue, like Kurt Cameron, you know? It just it kind of leaves a bad taste in your throat. Difficult. We Chris. have that here in Kansas, right? Chris Kobach. Exactly, Chris Kobach. <laughs> <laughs> For a second, I thought you were going to say brown back, but no, Kobach is definitely that Well, dude. no, he leaves a bad taste in other places. <laughs> uh, moving uh. on. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris Kobach so, has been in the news. Um, you guys have, you guys want to go into that? You want to dive into that? So, we do have some things going on with that. So, Chris Kobach was recently ordered by a district court judge out of Kansas City to fork over some documents uh, entitled the Department of Homeland Security Kobach Strategic Plan for the first 365 days. Uh, basically, the, the ACLU is trying to get a hold of these documents as a part of their lawsuit because they think that some of Trump's um, illegal immigration bans are maybe not illegal, blocked immigration bans are based on this document that Chris Kobach took to him immediately after being elected. And the whole reason that anyone even knows about this, let's remind everyone, is because of a photo op that Kobach took shaking Trump's hand. And he literally has his papers facing the camera. And there's <laughs> some lines in there. I think it was planted. <laughs> never underestimate Republican stupidity. <laughs> what I had to think of was what kind of camera was somebody taking these pictures with that you could blow it up that <laughs> well to get that much information. Because there's information on here, right, that we could see from those photos. Yeah, and we, we here in Kansas know all too well uh, Kobach's efforts at uh, fighting voter fraud. Fighting voter fraud, which, newsflash, doesn't exist. Yeah, but this guy is like the master of <laughs> focusing on issues that are made up. Oh, he makes he makes up a problem and then he makes up a solution. Yeah. And that solution always ends up suppressing voters, specifically Democratic voters. So he has he has a system called Crosscheck, right? Uh, I don't know. Hopefully everyone here has heard about that. And he sold it to many different states and it's supposed well, to be a way to... I think you should go ahead and give us a little bit of a rundown of Crosscheck. That's exactly what I'm doing. Thank okay. you. It's supposed to help identify potential voter fraud by cross-referencing different states' voter databases. Um, every state that has purchased it has said this is a piece of shit. It gets so many false positives. We end up sending, uh, removing people's ability to vote for no reason because it doesn't do a good job of cross-checking. I mean, I could build something in Excel that sounds more effective than this. It, basically, <laughs> you have a bunch of people that get pinged because they have the same first and last name. 
Which is not unusual. Which is ridiculous, yeah. And so all the people with that first and last name from both states get, you know, a postcard in the mail that says, hey, send this back or else we're going to remove you from a, the voter list, which I would not think is a real thing if I got that in the mail. No, of course and not. so Kobach is, that, is the inventor of that system. And so if he's advising Trump, and he was heavily involved with the transition crew, then for all we know, they're probably trying to move voter suppression on a national level. They're trying to consolidate oh. and retain Republican power. Absolutely, because oh, this document includes not just things like the border wall, but also extreme vetting for foreign visitors, ban on Syrian refugees, uh, registration for citizens from high-risk countries. Like, all of Trump's favorite talking points are in this damn document. <laughs> like... I'd love, I can't wait to see if the full document actually gets released because, you know, if he was presenting it to Trump, it's probably like stick figures and bullet points. <laughs> it's going to say black voting equals bad with a sad face and we must prevent it. And Trump is greatest number one. I don't think he'll have to modify his, his regular writing style to, to make, meet that format. <laughs> it's pretty low, low yeah. ground there already. Well, I mean... Yeah. It, well, <clears throat> I, I've also looked at this cross-check thing, and it, it's it sounds like someone in high school made it. it like, you you understand that m multiple people have the same name. Well, you got to ask like if it was deliberately amateurish. They if they wanted a bunch of false positives because they know that for whatever reason Democratic people are less likely to to confirm where they live or whatever. Like. Because the states that have done it have found that it reduced specifically black people's voting. Sure. Let's, I mean, Michael Johnson, right? That's one of the most mm -hmm. popular names in America, and that's overwhelmingly a black name. Mm -hmm. And so what happens when 50% of your, your pings are for Michael Johnson? It, like, that, that suppresses Democrat votes. And so, yeah, it's <laughs> the question of incompetence or yeah. deliberate malice. <laughs> it's hard to tell. It it's is. hard to tell. I, I will go ahead and put this one in the boat of deliberate malice just because we've heard in, maybe not Kobach himself, but we've heard other Republicans literally ma make the statement, we want to stop minorities from voting, so we're going to do this. And, and all you have to do is look at a map of districts to see that that's the case, right? Gerrymandering. Exactly. So sorry about your side. Uh, no, I, I was just going to say, in... in as amateur as, as a lot of this sounds, uh, y you would you would you would think maybe okay maybe you give them the benefit of the doubt and they're just they it's don't know dumb. how to work Excel. But but then whenever they get millions of dollars in donations and, and tons of support uh, from from very competent groups, you got to think well maybe it's not ignorance. <laughs> right, this could very well be deliberate and. It's upsetting. And that's, I mean, that's, that's Chris Kobach's whole, whole thing. He's makes up voter fraud, makes up a solution for it. And it gets struck down by the courts eventually, like it did in Kansas when he demanded new voter IDs. And what I'm afraid of is these documents never seeing the light of day. Um, just as in Kansas, where he refused to allow an audit to happen for the 2016 election results. You know, I could easily see him saying, oops, we, we burnt it all on accident. Ah. Oh. Our clumsy intern <laughs> sucks. I didn't make any copies. <laughs> I never got that that letter in the mail. <laughs> the subpoena? What's that mean? <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, I mean, this is 
This is sort of what happened. Chris Kobach came up as Secretary of State after the 2010 win of like the Tea Party, right? This is sort of what happens when you also put completely unqualified people in these kind of jobs, like Trump, for example, huh. and all the unqualified people he's doing, right? I mean, isn't this kind of... It's exactly what it, it is. We're talking about <laughs> being deliberate malice, right? But it's also just the fact that, like, I don't think sometimes these people, like, they get an idea in their head, and then it's just like, well, we're going to make it happen. It's like, well, no, you're, you're not a king. You don't get to just wave the wand and, you know, everybody does what you say. Right. Well, well the, the question is, like, if all of these different efforts happen to have the same side effect of, oh, what do you know, fewer black people can vote now because of this, H how many times is that the side effect and when, when is that the goal? Right. Well, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, like, that's their goal, right? Like, so, so let's go with the premise, hypothetically, so we don't offend anybody. Let's go with the premise that their goal is to stop minorities from voting. That's right? not hypothetical. So, <laughs> right, but I'm just I'm trying to be a little, you know. No, don't don't give him any benefit of the doubt. Uh, I'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt. I'm just trying to be diplomatic about the whole thing. But if so, that's the goal, right? That is their stated goal. But they can't just come out and say it, right? So they gotta mm -hmm. like do the loophole thing. It is exactly what we saw with the Muslim ban, and um, I am totally blanking on his name now. But the mayor of New York, uh, Rudy Giuliani. Right? Where they were like, we want a Muslim ban, but how do we do it so it's not a Muslim ban? How right? do we trick the courts? Let's isn't, discuss yeah. this on live television. Isn't this what this is? Isn't That's that exactly what, is? what it is. But they have to be transparent enough about doing this in order to to convince people who other, not, otherwise financially wouldn't vote for them. Right? Uh, you, you try to use people's uh, racism against them. Right? But just enough, you, you know what I mean? Sure. To, to, to not get... Uh, any kind of legal penalty, yeah. right? So, I mean, making this place a right-to-work state, yeah. you know, and taking away workers' rights, well, maybe you can counterbalance that if you can suppress the minority power a little bit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So the ACLU is trying since November, right? Since November. So the original lawsuit was... So Kovach visited Trump on, like, the 20th or 21st. The ACLU filed to get these documents on the 22nd. Okay. And it's just been, it's for anybody who's familiar with the legal system, you know that shit like this can get held up forever. Um, the judge finally, like, so he's admitted it to review. Like, the judge himself will look at copies of it, and he's going to do the thing and decide whether or not to, it's relevant. Now, what they're wanting to, what the ACLU is saying is that it's relevant because it directly impacts the National Voter Registration Act, and that's a core law that they're trying to base this lawsuit off of. I think, I don't know. So, I, I think they have a strong statement. So is there is there actually a lawsuit out against Chris Kobach right now? Yes. Because, okay, so the ACLU wanted the, to get these during discovery, right? And yep. they were denied. Now the judge sees it. So if the judge reads through them and decides that it is relevant to whatever this case the is. The judge has ordered him to, the documents to be procured to him. Yeah. yeah, right. So, so, he, so he has not seen them yet. They've right. demanded. When he does, I'm saying, if he does. Okay. If they're released. Yeah. Then, once, if they're submitted into this case. Public record. Then they're public record, right? Mm -hmm. okay. Exactly. So, do we think there's going to be a good chance? Personally, I think so, but I also am very optimistic and. Kobach has a very high success rate of weaseling his way out of things. He does. Um, but the. 
What's interesting to me is that the part of the reason it would have taken so long, just what, what, I'm not a lawyer, so disclaimer there, but what little I know of the legal system is that if you're gonna try to get something put forward in discovery and someone objects to it, it's either decided immediately or it's, or they, you know, they have to put it out. And what the past several months, like I have to wonder, this type of lawsuit I'm not super familiar with, but why wouldn't it have been decided by January if Kobach didn't have a lot of objections? So what I'm wondering, did Kobach have a lot of objections and the judge has shot them all down and he's like, nah, you're gonna hand these over and I'm gonna look at them and if I think they're relevant, then you're screwed. Hmm. And I get to hand them over to the ACLU and they become public record. Sure, let's hope that's the case. I mean. The judicial system has saved our ass a couple times already from really, yeah. Trump and it's, them. So. The judicial system has saved Kansas in general yeah. and in let's, many ways. Let's, in, in case anyone was wondering if Kobach is actually like secretly competent or not, there was eight discovered voter fraud cases in Kansas in 2016. That's all. Eight. Yeah. And seven of them were for Republicans. <laughs> so, People who had two houses and stuff. Right? Yeah, exactly. They tried to vote in t two locations, which I don't know why you would go to that much effort. Yeah, like, right? That's a very high-risk, low-reward crime. It really, really is. But they did it. Uh, I think well, someone voted for their dead husband, too, because uh, they That knew. was in another state. Oh, that was for state. Trump. Yeah. It was his dying wish. <laughs> yeah. Vote for Trump. I know he would have wanted this. Babe, As he if you die, heroin. I will vote for you. <laughs> and then I will go to jail. Not worth it. <laughs> Totally not worth it in no. that situation. So okay, so anybody else? Anything else on Kobach? He's dumb. This asshat might run for governor, by the uh, way. Could, could do you think he could win? Just a totally hypothetical. Oh, uh, I don't. Underestimate. Nobody seems to like him. I haven't found anybody. Who's Nobody like, likes Brownback either, and yet oh, he still true. somehow skated by. Yeah, he, he won by more than a couple of points. Yeah, he, he didn't skate by. So what I'm he hearing like is really resigned yeses. He has a chance. He'd have an actual chance. He'd have I, an actual chance. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I can think of is depending on you know one the outcome of this particular lawsuit. And for another, just how much Trump manages to fuck up over the next, you know, what, year and a half? Year? Well, we're 75 days in, and so far the pattern is really, really high. It's only 75? <laughs> it's only 70. It's probably I like 76 or 75. I feel like I'm aging at an accelerated rate. <laughs> it, it's ridiculous. No. I even saw The Daily Show was going on break. I don't think they could take it. <laughs> Trevor Noah needed, like, listen, y'all Americans are dumb. I need to go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, all right, uh, we did have, uh, we wanted to talk about ICE uh, today and how it sort of affects Wichita. This is um, actually, like, this was, I found some information about this, uh, Wichita Eagle story that was talking about this. Is that is that sort of what you were getting, uh, what the topic came from? Yeah, uh, I read about that too. They, uh, so ICE, in reference to the Immigration Custom Enforcement, of course. Thank you. Um, not, you know, vanilla ICE. Um, <laughs> so there was a story recently about Kansas being part of a large raid um, that ICE conducted, and over 200 people during this raid over a couple of days were de deported. Um, so I want to do a little looking into that and kind of see what the deal was. And so ICE is claiming that this raid, first of all, they're saying it's not a raid. They don't want to use that word, I'm sure. Um, and they said that all of these people, over 80% of them, were convicted criminals already. 
the remaining ones had been deported previously and come back to the country illegally again, and so they were due for deportation. If, if those statements are true, then I have a hard time objecting to it. Those are the same type of policies Obama uh, sent the uh, deported people for. And so I, I see no reason to disbelieve that. I, mean, I couldn't find any stories con contradicting that statement. Um, so we'll see. So we, you know, and, you know, ISIS statement being what it is, you know, that's fine. Maybe it is 100% legit. Now, my question becomes, what were those people convicted of? Because uh, if it was convicted of running a red light, no, I'm sorry. The, the <laughs> examples they provided were all pretty serious crimes. Uh, of like, course they're going to give that as an example, though. I mean, child solicitation, domestic abuse, uh, quite a few more. Who, who knows? You could and be right. I fully believe they that those people... They just specify felonies. And not misdemeanors. I, I don't know. I guess my concern is that you can have someone who's convicted of a felony... At, well, um, what is it? The um, three strikes rule here in Kansas. It's automatically a felony after three, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, that's, and that's still for possession, a felony. possession Wait, of marijuana. Uh, three what? Three misdemeanors? So it w it's uh, three drug related crimes. Okay. You automatically get a felony. Now, that does not imply violent, that does not imply, you know, we're working to make marijuana legal in most states. But if you get caught possessing it three times, you get ripped apart from your family. Right. So I don't know. We like, can only guess as to what, what these felonies are. I mean, unless we want to look into each each one of them. Unless they provide an exhaustive list. Yeah, then yeah, so they're not going to, right? Yeah, and this is just it examples happen. of, like, you know, cases, right, or crimes that they're arresting people for committing. Yeah. If, right? I'm just raging against the machine. Well, no, that's what <laughs> like, Because the thing is, is, like, isn't it the case? Isn't it statistically the fact that... Illegal immigrants in this country are less likely to commit crimes and less likely to use or sell drugs. Yes. Isn't that? Yeah. That... Yeah. Uh, but let's not give this guy any more credit than he deserves, right? This is his stated goal, right? It is mass deportations. But if we look at this on the national level, uh, deportations from January and February this year have not de increased from January and February of last year. Yeah. This is his stated goal, and just like with the healthcare thing, he's just—he has not used his office in an effective way in order to pass the Americans' greatest ever healthcare act of <laughs> twenty. Wait, you're, you're saying he—it's he who must not be named, right? That we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the orange one. The orange one, yes. So let's not give him any more credit than he deserves. He—he. He, he hasn't made much of an effect on, on ICE yet. That, that's kind of my thought, too. Like, I don't want him... I, I don't want us to get our panties in a bunch over something that had been scheduled under Obama's watch and is the same kind of policies he was in. You know, let's... If he does something for real and actually makes a difference and it gets serious, yeah, let's be up in arms. But until then, like, let's let's not... Let's celebrate, let's celebrate his failure in this. Well, yeah. and that is, it's very exciting. And there is a lot to be said. You know, Obama deported more people than how many presidents prior to him? Yeah. Uh, and like so, you know, all, all of them. And so, you know, like that, that should be taken into account. But what we are seeing is a lot more folks are, um, so have you all heard about the increase in sanctuary churches? Sanctuary cities, I've heard. So there are 
churches across the nation going through specific trainings in how to protect people from deportation because there is no like formal rule with ICE that if you're in a church, I can't come get you, but they do have an informal kind of like best practices rule that says that they can't go into a place that will cause, oh, what's the phrase? Do you, do, Matt, do you know the phrase? No. Uh, it, it's, well, it, it's, you, cause you'd heard about the sanctuary churches, I could tell. Um, but basically it's, they're not going to go in and cause undue drama for lack of a better phrase. Or ruckus. Yes. And I I think that is a good point that, uh, regardless of whether or not his policies are effective, he is causing harm to a community. They're distressed. He's causing harm to the community. And then there's also, there's instances like that one mother in Southern California, which I won't dwell on long because that's not Kansas. Um, but she went in for standard check-in and has three children, all of whom are in high school or younger, and she was immediately ordered to be deported because she checked in. Yeah. Right. ICE already knew about her. She'd been living in the country for about 15 years, 20 years. Um, and so... I, I think that the ruckus over um, immigration and deportation with the Trump administration isn't necessarily, oh, he's going to deport more people because Obama deported a lot of people. No, that's definitely it's, what people are upset. going to like breach those lines that prior to this we thought weren't going to be breached. DACA. Mm-hmm. Um, people who haven't been committed of crimes or have been committed or charged... Convicted, that's the word I'm looking for. Convicted of minor crimes. Like, those are the lines we're worried about being crossed right now. Yeah, I'm not worried about the him deporting more people or even just deporting it. I'm worried about people in these organizations like ICE becoming more emboldened to just... I mean, oh, we've seen oh, like yeah. vigilante... You know, like, like people on the border walls taking these, these kind of things into their own hand, right? We've seen, we've heard stories of ICE agents who shoot kids. They stand in the U.S. and they shoot people on the Mexican side, right? Right? That are doing this. So I guess, and then we hear people attacking. You know, go back or get out of my country. Go back to where you came from. Blah blah. blah. So is this just is his rhetoric, and then on top of it, these people going to check in who were before this perfectly fine to be here in this country, and nobody had a problem, and they were working. And you know, paying taxes and has social security numbers and everything like that. Now, are they just being picked up and chucked out? So, I, I would definitely agree that he is emboldening individual border agents and ICE mm-hmm. agents and stuff like that to, to be really jumping the gun and stuff like that. But I mean, tons of people, and for good reason, are afraid of mass raids happening in the night and then busting your door down and not having a warrant and coming in and, and deporting people with no. A judicial process in place and that's what he promised in the campaigns basically and so I, I think we need to not freak out until there's something worth freaking out over I, I think we should that's object fair. object fair. but let's not freak out and so yeah. part of the reason this comes back here to Kansas and to Wichita specifically is Wichita is has made it known that they're gonna be a sanctuary city and Trump has promised retaliation from against sanctuary cities he said he's gonna cut off federal funding which it's yet to be determined if that is actually going to happen. I believe that would require Congress to agree to stop sending funds that way. 
And all let, let's let's remind everyone: all the sanctuary city means is that the local law enforcement will not go out of their way to help ICE. They say, we're not going to keep someone in jail for five weeks under no charges because you say you want us to hold them. They say, in, in Wichita, they've said, you need a permit, uh, not a permit, uh, you need a, an order uh, from the court that right. says this person needs to be held and deported. And that's, that requires you to provide some sort of proof for it. And so it's not just Basically, ICE's word, and they're, they're, they're not going to go out of the way to help someone. It's not that big a deal to be a sanctuary Sanctuary cities city. are just demanding due process. Right. Yeah, exactly. They're demanding due process. And, and while you're in America, you have constitutional rights, even if you're not a citizen. Sure. And so they so are upholding about, yeah. people's constitutional rights. And, you know, uh, Republicans are making it out to be like sanctuary cities are saying, oh, please, everyone illegal, come to me. We'll, we'll save you from the evil federal government. But that's not the case. No. They're saying we're not going to go out of our way to be a huge asshole and and help ICE and so let's uh, so Wichita is a sanctuary city right. if, if anyone was wondering and we'll Which see. I didn't know. That's actually I really didn't. cool to know. It's hey, I, city pride. Yeah, yeah. Us and there's two other places in Kansas. One being Kansas City. I can't remember the third, but it. Uh, yeah, Garden we'll, maybe. We'll see if there there is ever any actual repercussions. Or if there can be repercussions, sure. I suspect that's more bluster. That would not be popular for uh, Congress to actually try and reduce federal funding arbitrarily or, like that. And most states will—I mean, California—they don't give a shit. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. California can throw its weight around, I think, with regards to that kind of thing. So, um, Trump proposed a budget. How long ago was that? That was because it. A month ago, uh, wasn't it? Well, I have no idea. But Matt, you've mentioned like your aging, like at an accelerated rate. Like I have no fucking sense of time anymore. I, I have no idea how long it's been since this happened. Um, but sorry. Um, Trump proposed a budget, gutted the National Endowment for the Arts, National Endowment for the Humanities, Institute of Museum and Library Services, the Corp and the Corporation for Public Broadca Broadcasting. However, also spends a lot of money on the military and the goddamn border wall. Yeah. How a proposed, do we feel? Proposed budget. Right. A proposed, proposed budget. budget. It's not. Budget. Well, and I think we all know that uh, Congress, even in its dysfunctional state, would never go with this particular budget. I that think, being said. I mean, I think they would try, but we know it requires 60 votes to not have a budget neutral plan. To change the way. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think the Senate would ever go for this. I think the House would. But I don't think the Senate would ever go for this. Mm, I don't know. I'm done underestimating what lengths Republicans will go to to fuck everything up. Oh, absolutely. That's fair. Yeah, yeah so this is, a, this is like a nightmare dystopian scenario, right? <laughs> Where we just give all the money to our military and... Just completely do away with, you know, culture. Yeah. I've <laughs> read many, many, many YA books about this. Yeah. Um, the Handmaid's Tale. Not a YA book, but the show for the book is coming out this month. Soon to be a series from Hulu. This episode <laughs> brought to you by The Handmaid's Tale. It's yeah. like, all right, Hulu, fork over the dough. Anyhow, please Yeah, continue. so, I mean, so I'm, full, full disclosure, my job. Full frontal. <laughs> Not that much disclosure. <laughs> you don't want to see that, and even the podcast listeners don't want to hear that. We're friendly, <laughs> but we're not that friendly. 
Um, I, I, I work for a PBS affiliate, so part of the way that my station that I work for gets funded is through the, the you know, Corporation for Public Broadcasting, which is one of those things that are on the chopping block. And I don't know, I think this is utterly disastrous, but this is exactly what Republicans argue against all the time. And I, it makes no sense to me because I don't think their constituents want it. I don't think their constituents want it, especially since, um, so in preparation for this, I actually pulled some numbers regarding the our local library system. Mm -hmm. And I won't regale you with all of them because I thought they were interesting. I think the rest of the world would be bored out of their pants. Um, but suffice it to say that the estimated dollar amount for services rendered in 2016 was nearly $40 million by the Wichita Public Library System, Wichita, Kansas. So if that's the case for Wichita, Kansas, who has a population of what? Anybody want to throw that out there? Somebody not About me? About 400,000. I, I actually think it's closer to 500. Okay. Let me correct you. I asked you for your information, yeah. but let me correct you. God, Sorry. I'm a jerk. No. <laughs> for answering. <laughs> How dare you? Should have known that was rhetorical. Uh, <laughs> anyone? Anyone? Me? Fuck you. <laughs> um, so other than Sarah's a jerk, we've also learned that if such a small library system can produce this much value, what are systems in Kansas City, Los Angeles, Seattle, New York, like what are they producing? Yeah. So let's just gut funding for all of them. And may I also add that most of the people who are receiving services from libraries are either in urban areas, which let's, let's face it, urban areas tend to be Democratic voters, or they're in rural areas where they don't have easy access to things like internet connections, and those are Trump voters. That's true. That's true. Well, you mentioned that um, you, you don't think that's what their constituents would want. Trump doesn't know or care what his constituents No, want. I'm talking about Congress. Right, but this is Trump's proposed budget. This is Trump's proposed I'm just saying that like Republicans love to hit on the NEA all the time. Yeah, I mean, they're, it they're is the favorite whipping of, boy. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm saying, but I don't know, I don't know who wants this. Like with many things that are going on with this country right now, and when it comes to like Congress passing laws, or like, I don't know who wants this. Well, they're just well, easy targets. I mean, they, they say stuff like, oh, NPR is just liberal propaganda because they're an actual like center, as close to an unbiased source of news yeah. as you can get. And so it's like, oh, we got to attack all these huge expenditures. And it's not huge. It's tiny. It's 0.5% of the national budget, right. as a matter of fact, all for of, all of yeah. these organizations combined. Not just yeah. public broadcasting or anything Too like that. Too many to list. We could spend the whole podcast just listing the programs that are in, 0.5 within, or 0.05% of the budget. NASA is 0.5% of the budget as well. <laughs> so. But it's it's immensely frustrating. It and is. it's... But, but we have to try to understand the perspective of the people who vote against their interests. Because, you know, only in doing so can we, can we uh, help them understand, yeah. you know, like our point of view. And what it comes down to is they're concerned about security, right? That's why the money was funneled from programs like this into military spending. Because there are voters in Trump country who are facing a loss of home, who are facing a loss of health care. And they're saying, you know what? I can bleed a little bit if it means keeping the country safe. Because that's the picture Trump has painted for them. Right. And But the, they're also concerned about... about 
they they have it drilled into their mind, and especially if they watch Fox News, they listen to conservative radio, uh, that that the amount of spending in schools it's just mm-hmm. going it's just nuts. It's just crazy. Even though a starting salary for a teacher here is like thirty one thousand dollars. Yeah. Know, uh, nothing. I, I mean, that, that's not. There's no. <laughs> uh, that's not a glamorous four hundred one k plan and the best health care and you know all no. that. No. Now, the, these are just. They'll be lucky if they get benefits. Yeah, these are just people preparing your your kids for their future, and especially if you're lower income. You know, like if you can't afford to send your uh, kids to private school, maybe. <laughs> maybe don't defund. Uh, public school. Uh, I get that. I get seeing it from other people's point of view. I get that people are struggling out there. That it seems like, why are we giving money to, like, you know, the arts, right? When we have all of this other stuff going on. When I'm not liking the stuff. But uh, how do you... I just don't understand how you can justify how these, these individuals who are struggling, right, can justify that we need more military spending... Well, it is common that we spend more than the next seven countries combined. Because they are convinced that if we don't spend, they're convinced, they bought the, the line uh, that Fox News sold them, that Obama was weakening our military and making us a vulnerable nation. And so now, when Trump says, listen, I've got to take money from these programs you like, but it means I'm keeping you safe because Obama did these terrible things, they they buy it hook line and sinker. They're how like, do you combat that? How do you combat that megaphone of bullshit? Well, quite frankly, in in my opinion, you talk to people. That that's sure. that's and especially in Wichita, that's why we haven't been winning and why we've been losing so bad here is is there's so many silos. There's so much division within the community uh, of of if if you don't go to the same church or you you know you you don't. Uh, go to your kids don't go to the same school or they don't play in the same uh, football league you don't you don't know who your neighbors are you don't talk to people who have a different point of view a different uh, perspective so very insulated yeah it's very insulated and what's funny is now that you mentioned that if you look at I'm gonna use um, the Medicaid expansion vote here in Kansas as an example um, if you look at where the no votes were and where they fail to overturn the veto, it's in very specific pockets that are all in specific areas of each urban center. Um, yeah. Well, suburban center. Yeah, we so. saw that. How the suburbs, it, you know, they're not seeing the problem. No. So, so their representatives have no problem voting against Medicaid expansion. Where the, the people in rural areas, the, you know, that might be the, the person you have in your head as a Trump voter. But those representatives are voting for Medicaid expansion because they know it benefits their communities. They know those people might lose their hospitals. Yeah. At this point, it's just frustrating to me how so many of them just keep threatening to cut their own nose off to spite their face. Yeah. And the Democrats are saying, no, please, please don't do that. <laughs> well, and I think to some not degree... Not the nose. Yeah, not the nose. Um, to some degree, you know, the... The party, the Democratic Party, is somewhat difficult to relate to, right? If you are a person who grew up middle to low income, 
your highest education level is high school, you never left your small town, or even if you did, you didn't have a great experience. Like, it, when someone looks at you and says, well, actually, and I'm guilty of saying that exact phrase, right? Like, well, actually, here are the facts. You don't see that as someone trying to help you. You see that as someone trying to condescend. And you're like, you know what? I don't need you being a jerk to me. I was not going mm -hmm. to see that say that word. <laughs> <laughs> Self-editing. Um, but I don't need you being a jerk to me. I'm just going to go over here because this guy treats me like I know what I'm talking about and like I'm not stupid. You shouldn't call people Labasco deplorables and expect yeah. them to vote for you. Don't do that. Yeah, that's, that's Don't do that. Uh, do, do we want to talk about the complete failure to pass the flat tax? In the yes, Senate? as you said, something rare to celebrate after our, <laughs> after our discussion. On the <laughs> so many angry so things. So was this both born and killed today? <laughs> no, this wasn't born today, but it finally got voted on today. Okay. Uh, the Truth Caucus uh, of <laughs> Kansas uh, Senate. Well, explain what the Truth Caucus is. Uh, the Truth Caucus is... They're they're the they're the real, uh, the, they're the three people in the Senate who know uh, exactly how to vote in your interests. Um, they're the state level freedom caucus. So they're the freedom lovers, right? Yeah, yeah they love them some freedom. They love them some freedom. Yes. Uh, fo follow them on Facebook. They're they're very fun to fun to watch. Uh, <laughs> it, it's it's. Uh, Freedom Caucus extremism at, at a Kansas uh, at a local state level. So it's just it's just a fun shit show uh, <laughs> but uh, So so they lost what was it three to thirty seven? Yeah, this was a bill that Brownback endorsed the governor of Kansas endorsed this bill and it only got three votes in the Senate well so our legislature may not be able to overturn his vetoes, but they sure as shit know that anything he touches is doomed to failure. So what was this? We so, didn't explain. so the flat tax, uh -huh. uh, essentially this would uh, change all the income uh, taxes to just be one level. Used to we had three levels of income tax. Uh, the first, uh, however many dollars were taxed at uh, uh, one one percent, and, and you know, and there were three levels. Mm -hmm. So the so more it's you called a progressive tax. Yeah, it's, a, it's it's it helps make our having those levels makes our our tax system more progressive, because a lot of people forget uh, we have the the second highest state sales tax on food in the nation. You know, something that's not really something that's a necessity. You know, uh, so whenever whenever they talk about the flat tax trying to make tax more fair uh, they forget that if you're in the lower income bracket you pay 11 percent of your your of your income to taxes because because of these sales taxes you know uh, and if you're in a higher income bracket it's it's closer to to five percent so uh, whenever whenever they talk about lowering the income tax to make it a more fair system it's already unfair that's just going to make it worse uh, we have the ninth most regressive tax system in the nation. None of them have, no state has a progressive tax system. Um, so in, in every single state in the nation, poor people are paying more of their income in taxes than, than those at the top. 
And a flat tax would only exacerbate that problem. Yeah, It would increase absolutely. taxes on the poor and decrease taxes on the rich, on well, their income. And it does exactly what Brownback and his um, puppet masters, for lack of a better phrase, would want in that it moves the tax burden away from the people who have the most ability to pay and onto the widest portion of the population, which is middle and lower class. Mm -hmm. So three members of the Senate and Brownback wanted this. Yep. And it got shut down, right? Yeah, it got completely shut down. And then on the flip side of it, like with our budget or with the Medicaid expansion, majority of the legislature wanted it brownback said no and it got shut down yep i think i feel like we're seeing kind of the crux of the problem is a pattern yeah. yeah there is in fact <sighs> so uh, there's a lot of correlation around this one yeah. yeah yeah i mean it seems like this executive office which you know the right wing likes to talk about how Executive overreach. Yeah, yeah. They, they love the phrase executive overreach. Particularly when, with regards to Obama specifically. Yeah, but, but whenever they are in office... Uh, it's protecting they, people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, if, if the Senate 81 or the, the House 81 to 44 wants something to pass, uh, you know, but the governor doesn't want it, he's going to shut it down. And, you know, he's just, he's playing defense, and the, on, the only way uh, to win is to get two more people in the house, or remove him from, or someone who thinks like him from uh, the executive office. Basically, and, anyone who advocates for a flat tax system has no business being in public office. Right. Agreed. They're not there to serve the people. So basically, what we're trying to get at, when you were just saying with two more people, right, is vote. Get out and vote. Get out and vote. And hey, you can practice this Tuesday <laughs> by going out and voting for whichever candidate you choose, James Thompson. And <laughs> James Thompson. <laughs> and by the time that you are hearing our next episode, we will know who the congressional uh, representative is yeah. for the fourth district. Hopefully, we'll. Uh, it'll be a happy episode. Hopefully, it'll be a happy episode. It better be a happy episode, guys. Go vote. And not a super depressing episode. So, we'll get to, all right. Will we get to play that happy music from Marketplace on NPR? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully so. So, all right. I think that's uh, that we've covered everything. Uh, each week brings sort of a, a bag of goodies. And I think that we'll be back not just about the, the special election next week, but I'm sure maybe North Korea will have blown some stuff up, or maybe we'll have blown them up next week. I'm sure there's stuff to talk about. I'm sure they've been blowing things up every week. We'll be all the time. Right? I've heard so. I've heard uh, chemical weapons are very in right now. I've heard oh, that too. Oh, they're very close. Talk about that. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. All right. Well, thanks everybody for having me on. It's been a great week. Bye, friends. Bye. Bye. Bye.